Hey everybody, welcome into an emergency edition of the Predators podcast. John Garcia here with Adam Vingen. Uh, Adam, some news that just rocked Nashville this morning. Mike Fisher, former captain of the Nashville Predators who retired earlier this summer, coming back to play for the team. What are your thoughts? Well, it, it certainly is a... I wouldn't say an historic announcement because this is not the first time a professional sports a player has chosen to return from retirement. But I asked David Poyle briefly after his, the press conference to announce to formally announce uh, the decision. Is this the first time in your managerial career, which expands, which spans more than three decades, that a player has come out of retirement? And he said, off the top of my head, yes. And he's had a lot of players, and he would have a lot of files to. Uh, to go through to figure that out. But off the top of his head, this was the first time it's ever happened. So you have a familiar face, a former captain, a beloved member of the dressing room, the organization, the community, the fan base coming back for one more go at a Stanley Cup that he came very close to winning last year. And it certainly was a surprise uh, in the sense that Mike seemed very content in retirement. And he even said that it wasn't something that he always wanted. It wasn't something that he regretted. It wasn't a decision that he immediately regretted. He was happy in retirement, prioritizing his family, doing other business ventures that he didn't have time to do because of the rigidness of the NHL schedule. But just over the course of a series of informal conversations brought to him from the team, this wasn't him coming to them saying, I want another chance. It was them coming to him saying, would you consider this? We would love to have you back if you want to. And he ultimately decided that that's what he wanted to do. Yeah, and I think he gets a great end of the deal on this because he doesn't have to go through the rigors of training camp or the first grind of the first half of the season or anything like that. And he also got to go spend all of his newfound free time hunting up in Kentucky and all this other stuff. So he got to step away from the game for a little bit. And now whenever he comes back, because I believe he said that there's no timetable on when he returns, just sometime before February 20th, which is the NHL trade deadline, that when he comes back, then he's going to get right into the mix of a playoff hunt, basically. And now we know that Predators are most likely going to make the playoffs, barring anything catastrophic, but they're still right up there for challenging for the Central Division title and getting some seating and all that other stuff. So it's it, it's going to be interesting, and I think that it comes in at a very, very interesting time. Certainly not anything that I remember ever seeing from you know being a, a longtime hockey fan. Yeah, absolutely. It's very rare, not just in the NHL, but across professional sport. And now you have to wonder what this means moving forward for the team. As you mentioned, the intent is for him to sign a contract by February 26th. He has to sign a contract by February 26th in order to be eligible to play in the rest of the regular season and the playoffs. Now, if he signs, well, first of all, once the trade deadline passes, roster sizes expand. There is no more 23-man max to the roster. So if he signs on that date, they can have him here without necessarily having to make another move. If he signs that contract before February 26th, they do have to make a corresponding move. And they just made one by waiving Cody McLeod to make room for Philip Forsberg. So it would require either trading somebody or waiving somebody else or sending somebody to the minors. I don't uh, you know, they don't really have very many waiver exempt players. I, be- I believe Kevin Fiala might be, but he's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. UC Soros is, but he's not going anywhere. So it would require a tough decision like the one they made to let go of Cody McLeod, who's ultimately claimed by the New York Rangers. Um, so I wonder if they will 
purposely wait until February 26th in order to have Mike on the roster without having to get rid of somebody else to make room for him. And that also goes kind of goes along with, uh, you know, that would give him some time to get up to speed because, you know, he's been off for so long. And even if he's been working out, even guys that are out of uh, commission for just a couple of weeks say that it takes them some time to get their timing back and get their conditioning back and all that. And he even joked at the very start of the press conference today about he was skating around on the Bridgestone Arena ice and he said, I'm sorry, everybody, I'm still a little bit out of breath. It's going to take some time to get up to speed. So let me ask you this. The best case scenario for this return is obviously the Predators going to the Stanley Cup final, him winning the cup and everyone being happy. This is a great return. Would it diminish his tenure or his career in Nashville if for whatever reason he gets out there and is just not up to snuff and can't play, isn't up to speed? Because we did see that he did have some problems uh, through the playoff series last year where he didn't even score a goal until the fourth round. Right, but he was doing so much other good in those first three rounds. Of course, he missed the last two games of the Western Conference Final after suffering a concussion in Game 4 against the Anaheim Ducks, but you know, was, was playing shutdown minutes, winning important face-offs, playing penalty kill, being out there in late-game lead-protecting situations. So yes, I think that's why you didn't hear much about, well, Mike Fisher hasn't scored yet, or Mike Fisher doesn't have a point yet, because he was doing so much else that was helping the team advance to the Stanley Cup final. If you're expecting Mike Fisher to be the missing piece to this team, that's not going to happen. I don't think they really have a missing piece, really. They don't. But this is not trading for P.K. Subban. This is not trading for Ryan Johansson. This is not trading for Kyle Turris. This is a great move for the morale of the locker room. Uh, It's a great move in that the Predators have incredible center depth. Just imagine a one, two, three, four of Ryan Johansson, Kyle Turris, Nick Bonino, and Mike Fisher. You're, you're probably not going to find very many teams in the National Hockey League that have that kind of depth. And then you have players like Kelly Yarncroke and Colton Sissons who can play the wing um, without having to remove themselves from the active lineup on a regular basis. So you have, you have that. I can't see a lot of uh, downside in this. I think what I noticed on Twitter and of course, Twitter is the be-all, end-all of, of discussion, <laughs> yep. is that this better not pre- preclude the Predators from going out and doing something else at the trade deadline. And I asked David Poyle at the press conference specifically, is this your trade deadline move? And he kind of dodged your question yes. a bit. Is this your trade deadline move? And he you know, said that he feels like the team is in good shape, but never say never. I don't think this is going to prevent them from continuing to look for another piece I personally believe and, and, and believe that the Predators are probably seeking another winger who with a scoring punch, as you can see with Philip Forsberg out of the lineup, particularly last night after losing to the Chicago Blackhawks 2-1, that this team this team's offense has, has diminished without Philip in the lineup. Now, Philip looks like he's about to be back anytime in, in, in the immediate future. Many of us thought he was going to play last night, and, mm-hmm. and, and he didn't. Um, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to see him play Thursday against the Kings or Saturday against the Rangers. But their scoring punch is certainly diminished without him. And you're not, and while you're certainly getting a great season from Kevin Fiala, you got a return to form for Craig Smith. You know, Victor Arvidsson is still contributing. And Kyle uh, Turris is doing his thing. Kyle Turris has recently slowed, but had a goal against the Blackhawks his first in about a month. This team could use that extra oomph. Now, it may not be one of those high-profile players that we keep, hear, keep hearing about being reportedly available. 
It may not be Evander Kane. It may not be Mike Hoffman. It may not be Rick Nash. It may not be Max Pacioretty. But I still think that they're going to look for something. I don't think it's going to be as ho-hum as P.A. Parento was last year, <laughs> but I think it's going to be above that. I mean, could it be a – and this is just – and this is just me spitballing here. This is not me, uh, you know, sharing any information that I have. Uh, spitball away. I love it. Is it Matt Zuccarello? Is it Michael Grabner? Is it Jean-Gabriel Peugeot? I mean, is it a player who's more of a middle six guy that can step up and play and, and has had success in that realm? So I don't think that this is it, but I, I seem to believe it seems that the prayers would be content if, if this was it. Yeah, and I think one of those middle six guys that you talked about would be something doable for the Predators and something that would ultimately help the team because how many times in the past do you see uh, teams going and swinging at the fences at the trade deadline and then they're bounced in the first or second round because they didn't necessarily need that person, but it was a marquee name that probably could have helped the team. So I think overall, uh, when you're looking at the news of Mike Fisher coming back, it's it's a great story. I can't remember, you know, even trying to think back to the years that Timo Solani would kind of announce whether he was retiring or not in the summer. And, you know, Mike Fisher is not a star player, a superstar, but in Nashville, he's probably as, as, as big up there as you can get as far as the, the reaction of the fan base and how much the people in the locker room love him, how much the people in the stands love him. Me personally, I was kind of curious when he decided to call it quits earlier this summer because of how good the team was going to be in the foreseeable future. And, you know, I think that that was a huge part of his decision to get out there, seeing how good the team is and knowing that, well, they're not a shoe in for the Stanley cup final because there's no such thing, but they are very much poised to make a deep run. And this is as good of a cup chance as they have since last year. I think when he, when we spoke to him a couple of days after game six, when they had their locker clean out day where they, go through their exit meetings and they bundle all their sticks and they leave for the summer. No, Mike seemed, he seemed ready. When I look back at list, when I, when I went back and listened to it a couple of times and then when he retired in August and went back, you know, he, he prioritized faith and family over hockey. And he seemed like he had done what he wanted to do. And the, the next chapter of his life is going to begin. I did not get the sense that Mike Fisher was being dragged into retirement. He wasn't breaking down. I mean, Mike Fisher was still an effective player. He, of course, you have to keep in mind he's 37. He turned 37 during the cup final. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not a spring chicken. You know, he's not going to pot 20 goals and put up 50 points. But I just got the sense just you would think how that game six ended and how they were in the locker room. Just, they were just, you know, they were just devastated and heartbroken, and, and Mike was crying, and they were all crying. You thought, okay, well, maybe how they lost would would give him the oomph to come back for one more go. But then when you, I heard him talk a couple of days later, I didn't get that sense at all. Hmm. I, I I felt like at that point that maybe the possibility still existed that he would retire. I mean, they, they would come back. Excuse me. But I was leaning towards retirement in mid-June when I, when I heard him speak. And then of course, as the decision kept dragging out, I feel like the longer – there was a point where the longer it went, the more I thought maybe he's thinking about coming back. But he ultimately made a decision to retire. Uh, but he said that you know, talking to his family, 
talking to, you know, he, the Predators have given him an open invitation to come at any point. Mm-hmm. He wants to come to a game, done. You want to come to a practice, which he has, done. You want to, you know, hang out with the guys, done. He, he, and I also wonder the proximity as well. He didn't leave Nashville. If he went back to suburban Ontario, where he's from, and lived there, mm-hmm. would it be the same? Maybe not. Maybe mm-hmm. it's because he's here around the team. He feels the buzz. He watches the games. That's what may have drawn him back in as well. Yeah, and getting back to what you said about as far as you know, having the door wide open for him, I think that just speaks to his character, the type of leader that he is uh, in the organization, and the the type of person and mentor he is to the people on the ice. So, wrapping up now, we're basically on Mike Fisher watch to see when he, you know, how many practices he goes to, when he's going to sign that contract, and when he's going to get into the lineup uh, to start playing. And I, I can imagine that that's going to be a hot ticket for the night that he actually announces that he's going to be playing and in the lineup for the Predators for the first time since game six of the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, um, you know, he's skating. He's going to be skating on his own for a little while. Um, I know he had to undergo a physical recently just to make sure he was in shape. Um, and he skated this morning and he'll continue to skate on his own. They go on a four game road trip next week. I don't expect him to go. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll be in Nashville. He'll be skating. Eventually he'll get into practices. Sort of as we talked about before, I wonder if they purposely wait until after the deadline so that they don't have to worry about getting other, you know, making a corresponding move to fit him under the the roster structure. So I look at it as it's going to be, you know, he said that this is it. Like, this is not like me, you know, I'm going to play and see where I am at the end of the season. Like, this is it. Like, retirement number two. <laughs> like, he's going to play through the end of the regular season. He's going to play in the playoffs, assuming they make it to probably well, and then he's done. That's it. So, you know, it's you know he's a 37-year-old man, so his contract is going to be filled with bonuses. Like, first of all, as you know, he made had a, a very successful career. His wife is a is a music superstar. Mm-hmm. They're not hurting for cash. Nope. So it's not an issue of him coming in here and trying to to make an, some extra scratch. Like he can play at league minimum, and he may play at league minimum, but it's going to be one of those 35 plus contracts that are riddled with bonuses. And my sense is from talking to people who would know that the bonuses are going to be team-oriented. It's not going to be if I score 10 goals or I score five goals, I'm going to get this much. Or if, uh, you know, I play 15 minutes a night in my in within a 10, you know, minimum of 10 games, I'm going to get this much money. It's if they, you know, if they win the Central Division, if they win in the first round, they win the second round, they win the third round, they win the Stanley Cup. Mm. Like, it's, it's, it's going to be team-oriented bonuses. I don't believe there are going to be any individual statistical bonuses necessarily. I think it's just going to be a matter of, hey, if I help this team win and this team succeeds, I, you know, we'll, we'll throw you, we'll throw you some, we'll throw you some cash. Yeah. That's how I think it's going to be. And I don't think he even needs to go out and score any goals. I think his presence alone is, you know, going to be enough to kind of give that team a a shot in the arm. Granted, I hope he scores some goals because wouldn't be that much fun if he comes back and doesn't produce so we will be here to keep you updated on everything mike fisher everything nashville predators you're going to be going out on the road pretty soon Uh, i believe that we'll probably sit down and uh talk next week i think joe's about ready to go to south korea pretty soon yeah yeah so you and me for a little bit all right so we'll catch you next time uh you can follow adam vingan at adam vingan on twitter you can follow me at jgarcia36 and thank you guys so much we'll catch you next time